Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast, featuring Ted Ings and his distinguished guests. Each week, you'll gain valuable insights to level up your game in retail automotive's fixed operations. This episode is brought to you by BG Products, partners beyond products. And now, here's Ted Ings. Bob Tasca is the vice president of the Tasca Automotive Group and the CEO of Tasca Racing. He is one of the most respected and recognized names in all of automotive. Uh, and that name started out nearly 80 years ago with the Tasca family and Bob Tasca Sr., who coined the phrase, you will be satisfied. Today, the organization operates dealerships in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Florida, and Illinois. Bob Tasco, welcome back to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. It's great to be back, Ted. Nice to see you. Bob, we had so many accolades on your appearance uh, last year here on the show. And, um, you know, you've had an amazing year. Uh, I see you everywhere, uh, not just in the dealership world, but in the racing world. And it's, it's hard to miss Bob Tasco these days in the news. Well, hey, Ted, thank you very much. Uh, we had a great year in racing last year. We had a great year in, in the dealership business last year. So, you know, uh, 2021's over, on to 2022, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of challenges this year we'll have to figure out and overcome. You know, um, I see that uh, BG decal uh, on your car. So, and I, I couldn't miss on social media. I loved the, uh, about a week or two ago, I saw the trucks pulling out and on the move. And, uh, you know, you've, you've really, you know, created a huge name just there in the racing industry. Yeah, no, we were seasons off and running. Uh, we just came back from Pomona and Phoenix. Not quite the start of the year that we wanted. We went out in the second round at both of those races, but um, it's a long season, 22 races. Uh, we got a lot of racing in front of us. Thrilled to have BG as a sponsor on our race car, but more importantly, they're, they're a partner with us in our business back at the dealership, and it's, uh, it's great to bring them onto the race program uh, this year with some dedicated BG races coming up. So a lot going on on the racing side. Well, I want to talk to you about, about that a little bit, Bob, if I may. Um, for our audience, and we've got dealers and general managers and fixed ops and parts and service managers uh, watching, tell us a little bit about the mental state that's required uh, to race and uh, to drive in that nitro funny car. Tell us a little bit about, about that. Well, I think I think racing for me it has been, it's the ultimate accountability machine. And, you know, I've taken a lot of that back into our business. Uh, to be successful in racing, there is no detail too small. Uh, whatever mistake is made, the race car is going to find it in my sport, three seconds or less. And at the end of the weekend, my performance review is done by 2 million people that have either watched me in person or on television. So the accountability of going out and performing and winning is at the highest level. So what I've always tried to do is look at what we've done on the racetrack and bring it back to the dealership. And a lot of people, when you look at, you know, their everyday work life, you know, how do you define success, right? So you, whether it's a service advisor, a technician, what is the true definition of success? On racing, it's real simple. The scoreboard has no friends. At the end of the weekend, we know exactly who did good, who didn't do good, and who needs to improve. And, and the level of competition in racing, you look right across the way and you see your competitor. You know, that is motivating in and of itself, right? You know, 
who you're about to beat or who's about to beat you. Well, again, you go back into business and, you know, I love it when a salesperson will say, well, we lost that dealership to ABC dealer. And it's like, no, you didn't lose that customer to ABC dealer. You lost that customer to the other, you know, man or woman that was just did a better job than you, right? And earned that business, of, you know, away from you. So a lot of the things that we have done in racing to be successful, we brought back into our dealership. We clearly define winning and losing whether you're an advisor, a technician, you know, a department manager, we rank the data weekly. So we share the information to our team, you know, based on who's the top performer in our company and who are the bottom performers in our company. And we share that on a weekly basis. So we create a very competitive environment in our company across, you know, all of our rooftops to compete uh, for that win each and every month. No different than what I have to do each and every weekend out on that racetrack. So uh, racing has played a big role, you know, in how we, we run our company. Bob, coming back to that mental state, if I may, I've always wondered this. What are you processing in your brain? What are you thinking? Because it's so quick in those couple, three seconds as you head down the track, what's going through Bob Tasker's brain at that moment? Well, that's a great question. You know, I, I tell people in that moment when you're staging the car right before you hit the throttle, you know, for me, I'm not thinking about, you know, living, dying. The only thing you're thinking about is winning. And, and that's the mental state to be successful. The only thing you're thinking about, not whether it's going to blow up, whether it's going to make it or smoke the tires. The only thing you're thinking about is winning. And, and that's a mindset that, that is burned into you in racing because it's the only reason why you're there, right? We're not there to get a sunburn. We're there to win. And that's what the sponsors, you know, invest in us to do. And that mentality is the same mentality I have back at the dealership is what do we have to do to win? What do we have to do to put our team in a position to win? And uh, that, that's what I'm thinking about, Ted, is winning. You, um, your family had a phrase, uh, I believe you still use it today. Uh, is it win on win Sunday? Win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Sell yeah. on Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's alive and well. You know, when my grandfather did it, he raced cars that you literally could go to the showroom and buy. Uh, as the sport evolved and the cars got faster, you can't, you can't buy uh, the nitro funny car that I drive in a, in a Ford showroom. But I, I look at it, uh, it, it has evolved into what I call emotional marketing, right? So you can go and buy a billboard, you can go and buy a TV ad, or you can invest in motorsports. And in motorsports, the winning and losing aspect of it really creates a bond with the fan base. And there's millions and millions of fans out there that connect with race teams, you know, each and every week weekend, whether it's a NASCAR or NHRA where I compete and they, and they, you, they love you when you win, they're there to support you when you lose. And that type of emotional marketing, you know, carries into the showroom on Monday and people want to relate with winners. They want to relate with brands that are successful. And I can tell you, we sell an awful lot of Fords all around the country uh, at NHRA Racing. You know, speaking of winning, I see behind you over your right shoulder there, I see some of the awards and trophies. Um, I, I And you know what? I think there's a few more than I saw last time that uh, you were together on the show. Yeah, yeah last <laughs> year we had a great year. Went to five final rounds, won three races. We, were, we finished number three in the world. We were literally about a race and a half out of the championship. Uh, it was a great year for us. 
uh, what you see behind me, we call them wallies. Uh, they're, they're a trophy that you win in drag racing, and they're coveted because it is so competitive. We're winning and losing races by thousands of a second at over 335 miles per hour. You know, I, I laugh when you watch the Olympics recently and, you know, people are saying, oh, my God, they won by 0.125 of a second. You know, 0.125 of a second, I won't even see the guy in front of me if if I lost by that much. You know, we measure our margin of victory, you know, in, in thousands of a second at over 300 miles an hour. So it's uh, it's pretty competitive. And when you get to win one of those, uh, it's uh, it's pretty special. Bob, a big topic um, this year at the Fixed Ops Roundtable, much more than in the past, Bob, has been electrification and, you know, what's coming for the industry. Um, can we talk a little bit about that electrification, maybe first in racing and then, you know, over in the retail automotive world? Yeah, so I know an awful lot about electrification. Uh, first, I hold uh, the fastest uh, electric, all electric run ever made in a quarter mile in a, in a you know, production uh, vehicle in uh, that electric Cobra jet ran 8.2 seconds at over 170 miles an hour. Wow. And, and I also sit on a lot of product uh, committees with Ford Motor Company. So I know a lot about EVs. I drive one every day. And I will say this very humbly, Ted, there's probably not many people that you know that have more gasoline running through their veins than me. That's right. But driving an electric vehicle every day, and I can tell you this, I would never drive a gas-powered vehicle again as my everyday vehicle. That's how, that's how much better an EV is. There's nothing, and I emphasize nothing, other than range, which is rapidly being addressed with better batteries, you know, extended range, better charging capabilities. There's nothing a gas-powered vehicle does better than an electric vehicle. There's nothing. Now, on the truck side, commercial side, that's a different conversation. You know, when you're, you know, super duties, pulling heavy loads, you know, the ICE engine is here to stay uh, for a long time in that respect. But as an everyday commuter, fun to drive, uh, efficiency of packaging, what we can do with design, because we're not constrained on where a transmission has to go or where an engine has to mount and how high the engine has to be. When you start to really peel the onion back, there's nothing a gas engine does better than an electric vehicle. So uh, I'm a huge proponent of it. It's coming. Uh, it's coming rapidly. Uh, the technology of batteries is, is, is rapidly being developed. And for me, it's exciting to be with Ford Motor Company because I truly believe as a full-line OE, you know, Tesla to me is more of a niche brand, but as a full-line OE, I don't think there's an OE out there better positioning themselves for the EV run uh, than Ford Motor Company. So uh, you see the Mark E and how successful that's been. That's what I drive. My wife uh, has driven the Mark E GT. It's, um, it's an incredible product, right? And the consumers are, are, are realizing just how good these EVs are, you know, with maintenance costs. And the most liberating thing, Ted, for me, honestly, is I don't have to go to a gas station anymore. It's like, it's probably one of the most filthiest places you go, right? A gas station. And you get to drive by them and, you know, get in a vehicle every morning with a, with a full uh, topped-off battery. Uh, it's exciting times. But I will say, though, Ted, it's also, um, I would say, you know, some people look at it as scary times. You know, what's it going to do to fix ops so we don't lose fixed operations? For me, you know, I believe the, the smart guys and gals out there, we're going to figure it out. We're going to have to reinvent ourselves in many, many aspects because it is happening. 
The good news is it's not going to happen tomorrow morning. You're not going to wake up and 60% of the vehicles on the road are going to be EVs and your service department's out of business. That's not going to happen. It's going to be, you know, more of an evolutionary change. Uh, but to pretend that everything's going to be the same, well, I think you you got your head in the sand if that's what you think. Uh, but I'm excited about it. I, I like, you know, this type of disruption in the market. I think it creates opportunity. And um, I can tell you one thing, the Task Automotive Group will um, – We'll be prepared to take advantage of it as it happens. You know, it's um, I, I hear you speak about how you're involved with Ford and Ford is uh, reaching out to you for your, you know, your input and your involvement. And I think back, you know, several decades, how Ford reached out to Bob Sr. And Bob Sr. was very much involved in the quality and on the assembly line and, you know, in all the little details that you spoke about just a little bit earlier. Um, Bob, you stand on the shoulders of giants, um, you know, with the Tasca family. Talk to us a little bit about that, uh, because I, I, I think you've blazed your own trail, yet I think you may have taken the Tasca name, you know, bigger than we've ever seen it before. Well, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm working, still working on that, Ted. But I can, I can tell you, I've been very blessed um, to have been around so many successful people. And I get an opportunity to speak to about 30,000 high schoolers a year. It's a program that Ford Motor Company sponsors with NHRA called, yes, Youth Education Services. And I talk to these high schoolers uh, on Friday mornings before the race all around the country and one of the, the key things I leave them with, which my grandfather has left me with, he said one of his secrets to success was to ask the right people the right questions and remember the answers. And, and I tell these young kids, I said, you know, you, you have to be responsible with, with your life and most importantly, uh, with your time. And I said, you get to wake up each and every day and you get a choice. You can hang out with the winners or you can hang out with the losers, right? It's your choice. And for me, uh, I've been blessed to hang out with, with so many winners. And I figured out early on that if I could figure out what they did to be successful and ask the right questions and remember the answers, it would help accelerate, you know, my success in my career. And, and that's really what my grandfather did throughout his life. He, he had the same fortunes to be around Henry Ford and Lee Iacocker and some real icons, um, you know, Eustace Wolfington uh, from half a car and, you know, he was blessed with that. And, you know, and I was able to, you know, kind of follow in his coattails. And, you know, he passed away in 2010. And, you know, I've been able to, to, to carry it on. Uh, but I'm very humbled to be around so many incredible people that have helped me and continue to help me, uh, you know, each and every day. You're held in great respect uh, throughout the automotive industry, Bob. Um, you know, looking ahead this year to 2022, and again, for our audience, the dealers and GMs and the, the fixed ops personnel watching, um, you know, what advice would you have uh, in looking forward? Here we are in March. You know, we've still got a big year ahead of us. We've seen so much change in the last six months, last year, last two years. Nobody could ever have imagined it. So much has accelerated. Um, talk to us a little bit about what to expect moving forward? Well, I mean, I can just share some things that we're doing. One, we're, we're hyper-focused on fixed operations. I mean, you know, that that is, you know, the backbone of our, our business. It's going to continue to be, and it's probably right now the one area we have the most control over, mm -hmm. right? You know, growing fixed ops, recruiting technicians, developing techs. I mean, that's a critical piece of our business. On the new car side, man, you wake up every day and you don't know what, what you're going to expect. I mean, I thought things would be better, to be honest with you, 
uh, today than they than they actually are. Uh, if you would have asked me in December, uh, November, December, I said, yeah, once we started to get into the spring, early summer, you know, inventory is going to break. Well, I don't see that happening. I think it's another year before we see the the um, you know availability come back to some new normal on the new car side. On the used car side, it's it's crazy, right? The prices have never been higher, but you still need to sell used cars. Uh, we have a big initiative uh, in our company uh, to, to buy as many cars um, off the street as we can, you know, leveraging different applications in our market to really go after the Carvoners and the Vroom and, you know, how they're buying really, you know, kind of an epiphany to me was just to, to learn how many cars CarMax and Carvana actually buy off the street. Um, it's a big number, right? So why can't we do it? We can do it. So we've put a lot of energy behind that with a variety of different applications and, you know, campaigns. And we've been very successful. We're approaching about 150 cars um, a month purchased uh, off the street. Uh, we like to, in our group, our, our goal is over 200. So those are some of the things that, um, you know, we're looking at. And then we're aggressive acquiring uh, new stores where, you know, we look at deals, you know, almost on a daily basis, because I think this is a good time where, you know, some dealers have said, okay, you know, I've had enough electrification's coming, uh, COVID hit, I want to get out. Uh, so we've been very bullish on on trying to, to make new acquisitions as well. So a lot going on, but I like it like that, Ted, you know, I live in the fast lane and, you know, um, I'm on the road a lot and I, I don't see anything changing. We're just going to keep going. And finally, Bob, you've got a partner there uh, at Tasca in BG Products. Um, talk to us a little bit about that partnership, because I think that's really also a very important part of the success of, of both the brands. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we have vendors and you have partners, right? So BG is a partner to us. And, and the reason is, is we just don't buy product from them. Uh, they're in our stores. They're working with our advisors. We use their menu systems. They provide, a, they provide a tremendous warranty on all of the components that their liquids touch. So when you can when you can have that type of a partner, it's truly a win-win for the customer, uh, for BG, and and for the dealership. So I highly recommend uh, the product, and and I would welcome anyone listening that wants to shoot me a note or has a question of how we leverage BG in our company. Uh, to feel free to do that. And I know they're a big partner, not just on the dealership side, but I see Bob on the racing side as well. Yeah, we're going to do some fun things with BG this year. So in um, uh, Las Vegas, one coming up in April, Topeka, um, which is in the summer, and, um, and Charlotte, one. It's going to be an all BG car. So it's the first time we've done something like that with them and looking forward to that. Bob Tasca, I wish you an amazing year ahead lots of success both on the racing and on the dealership side and on behalf of the fix ops community bob thank you for so much that you do for our, our industry oh it's always great to be on with you ted anytime